Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Yeah, they are fine, right? They are committed. They are eager to learn. You know what I mean? They ask the right questions. These games are about experience for us. You know what I mean? And us just playing together as a team. Um, but being honest with ourselves, right? Like starts with me. Uh, look it in the mirror individually and see where we can help more and where we can be better. Um, so that's what this is about. And, you know, at time, all these guys, all these teams that are now elite contenders, all these individual players are elite players. Like, they had to learn lessons. Um, and, you know, we're going through that now. But, you know, again, we're a good basketball team. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But, you know, we'll learn lessons and our guys will embrace it and get better. Coach J.B. Bickerstaff talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers and their learning process uh, fall to the Milwaukee Bucks last night. Uh, and we'll go to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline and bring in Greg Schwartz of the Bleacher Report uh, to talk about that said game. Greg, thanks for joining me this Saturday. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I, you know, this game was, was, I think it was the quintessential game where you looked at a team and you say, okay, this is where we want to go, Right. You look at the Milwaukee yep. Bucks and say, we want to be that team. And Milwaukee reminds me a lot of those teams that the Cavs had um, when LeBron came back. And, and just, just, from the, just from the standpoint that they, they know where they want to be, they know they're a championship-caliber team, and they have the ability to kind of just switch, flip the switch, so to speak, and knock down threes. They can get to the offensive glass. They have size. And obviously it doesn't help if you got a, a defensive player of the year as well as MVP candidate and Giannis who can just, you know, dominate games. Um, you know, what do you think about that comparison? And, and is this a team um, that the Cleveland Cavaliers want to aspire to be uh, moving forward in their process? Yeah, that's exactly what the, you know, the Cavs from – 2015 to 2018 that's what they look like because they knew at the end of the day they had the best player on the planet on their team uh they had some good complementary pieces around them they knew that you know they were a championship level team because they had already won a title they had made deep playoff runs and they thought you know we can we can play with our food for about three quarters and then when we really want to we're going to flip that switch and turn it on and just beat the snot out of teams and that's what they did last night Cavs looked really good in the first half third quarter Milwaukee decided to stop messing around and that's that's when the Cavs learned that oh ooh, we're we're not quite on this level yet we're a good team we're number three in the Eastern Conference for a reason but these guys that's why these guys have been one or two all year long in the East because 
and, and they don't even have the second best player yet in Chris Middleton, which is which is a little scary to think about. But um, yeah, I think that's it's games like this, especially early in the season, are great because especially when the Cavs had that eight game winning streak, you know, it's it's probably a little easy to think highly of yourself and think, yeah, yeah, we're this is where we belong. We're we are one of the best. We're an elite team in the East. They're not. They're not an elite team in the East yet, and they they won't be until they go through um, a playoff run, until they win a playoff series, until they get that experience together. Um, I, before the season started, I predicted them to finish fourth in the East. They're third right now, so they're they're right about where I expected them to be. But yeah, you you saw you in the game last night where they play a a really good Bucks team that's won a a, a, a core that's won a championship together. Probably not quite on that level yet, and that and that's okay. Speaking of quite or not on that level, I, I think we've all preached and, and talked about Evan Mobley and what he's going to be. Um, I think still think that it's evident when you play teams like Milwaukee and Giannis and you, you lined up and matched up against those guys. Uh, even even Brooke Lopez, who's not, you know, I wouldn't call a, a, a anchor down low. Um, but you can see how Mobley still struggles uh, sometimes underneath the basket, uh, you know, creating his own shot, figuring out where his shot comes from, maybe losing the ball a little a little bit. Uh, I, I think that's a work in progress for him. And I think out of all of, the, uh, all of the individuals who are on the team and all the guys who have been put together, I think he's had the, the most difficult time figuring out, okay, what's, where, where do I get my buckets? Where am I most comfortable at? Because on the chessboard, a lot of those spaces on the floor are already preoccupied and filled by people who are better at the, being on that, those corners and pieces on the board than he is. Even uh, when you look at Jared Allen, I think even Jared Allen is a more adept at, at finishing around the rim with the left hand, right hand, a couple dribbles here, up and he's more he's more comfortable at that at this point. I think Evan is still trying to figure it out that out. Yeah, I've you know I've said this before and I've written about this before, but the most important thing that I want to see for the Cavs for the rest of the season is you know besides wins and losses is can you make Evan Mobley a focal point on a team that already has two elite offensive focal points because we can't have games where Darius Garland goes for thirty points and Donovan Mitchell goes for thirty points and Evan Mobley goes for six. We, we can't have that. We still, even if those two guys are going off, we still need Mobley to be a centerpiece, a focal point of this offense no matter what. And that's if those guys are having big games, if they're not having big games, if Karis LeVert's having a big game, whatever. I can't have Evan Mobley go two of six from the field and finish with seven points. You have to find a way to keep him engaged offensively and you need to figure out a way to open up his offensive game because right now he has played 19 games this season he's made exactly two three-pointers and this is a guy that coming into training camp talked about how he spent the summer working on his threes working on his perimeter game uh we were going to see him on the perimeter so much more this year and that's where they need to see him more especially if you have two guys that are so good at driving like like donovan and darius and and you know jared allen's not going to be a three-point threat you need uh, a perimeter-friendly Evan Mobley to be out there and to be a threat. And right now he's not. And, you know, it, if you look across the board, you know, not just his raw numbers, but his percentages, his assist numbers are down, um, his, his block numbers are down, his turnover numbers are up. So it's kind of clear that he has not found his comfort level. Um, when you have added another elite offensive option in Donovan Mitchell, 
And that, to me, is the most important thing because you can't just let Evan Mobley be another guy. Evan Mobley still at his peak, in my opinion, needs to be the best overall player on this team for this team to reach a championship level. And so far this year, he, he doesn't look anywhere close to that. So I, I think he still needs to figure out his way um, amongst this new core. And let me drill down on that. Um, it's, it's strange because I, when I watch, it, it, to me it looks like Jared Allen is better and Evan Mobley kind of regressed a little bit. And, and, I, and, and I know Jared is kind of, you know, people think of him, him as an old soul, but Jared is pretty young. Um, I, yeah. I, I think that he, he's, he's picked it up um, a little quicker than Evan. What has what, what uh, gone into that where Jared looks like he's a little more comfortable than what Evan? Is it the fact that, you know, it, when you have another ball, dom- two ball dominant guards, one of the bigs is going to suffer because this league is not about mostly playing two bigs. It's, hey, we got one big and, and we're going to spread the floor open around the perimeter and move it around. Why do you think he's had such uh, success uh, early on? Well, like you said, <clears throat> like you said, Jared Allen, he is—he's a young guy. He's only 24 years old, but he—he's also in year six. Um, Evan Mobley's in year two, so I mean, that's a pretty big difference right there. The other thing is, Jared's the guy that you could probably plug him into any NBA roster, and he's still going to get you 14 and 10, 14 and 11, because he's going to—he's going to uh, be a pick and roll partner where he's going to roll hard to the rim. He's not a guy that's going to post up a lot. You don't have to keep feeding him the ball. He's going to score off offensive rebounds. He's going to score in transition by running the floor. Um, and he's just going to be that lob threat for you at all times. Um, he, he's really good at getting positioning where you can just dump the ball down to him. He takes one step, uh, shot fake, goes up, dunks it. I mean, he, it's just an easy – I'm not trying to, like, downplay him, but it's a very uh, smart, efficient way to play. With Evan, I think – you want to expand his offensive game more. I don't think Jarrett's ever going to be this Joel Embiid-type center, and that, that's okay. He's not going to have that kind of footwork, that, those kind of post moves, um, and that's okay. I, for a guy like Jarrett, uh, almost 80% of his career shots have come off an assist. I mean, that's just the type of guy he is, where that's the, we're going to keep feeding him. Whereas Evan, you know, we want him to be on the perimeter. We want him taking those mid-range shots. We want him in the post. We want him to have this complete offensive game where that is tough when you're mixing in another elite offensive option where Jared is, you know, his, his game's going to translate to no matter what system, no matter what team, no matter what players are, are around him. So I think that's probably why he's had an easier transition where Mobley in year two is still trying to figure out, you know, who he is, what he can do, and where he's most comfortable uh, on the floor, especially on the offensive end. Uh, one more question before we let you uh, get going here. Uh, we're talking to Greg Schwartz of the Bleacher Report on the No One Thumbs at Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Speaking of getting uh, the team where it needs to go and a, a missing piece in progression, it, it just seems obvious that, you know, the three the three spot is a place where uh, the Cavs are lacking. Uh, you know, I, it, to me, the, the best fit that I've saw so far, ironically, is, is Lamar Stevens because – I mean, I think because he's he, he brings a little nasty to the table. They don't ask him to do very much. Um, he seems to be a little more physical than Isaac Okoro. Um, and he I don't know if his offense is better, but <laughs> it's, at, some, at least I've seen him hit a couple of corner threes now. Uh, Dean Wade, I think, is a bench guy. He's, he's serviceable at that position. Um, and I think uh, Karis LeVert, even though he, he has some explosions, 
I think he's also better suited off the bench. Um, what are your thoughts on the, the three guys that they haven't been rotating in there? And on top of that, is there anybody out there um, that could really help this team, whether than it's a trade or free agency uh, that's out there available that can really help this team uh, at the three position? Yeah, I, I think I said on your show before the season started, I, when they named Karis LeVert the starting small forward, I said, I don't like this. I, I just don't like the fit. I think in a, if you look at it in a vacuum, yeah, he's the best player. Karis LeVert's better than Lamar Stevens. He's better than Dean Wade. He's better than Isaac Coro. But that doesn't mean he's the best fit in this offensive lineup. And I think as soon as they made that switch and they put um, LeVert on the bench and they said, okay, you're going to run the second unit and put Lamar Stevens in the starting lineup, that's kind of when they took off. And after they you know, kind of hit that skid, after their eight-game win streak, and the, the you know they played the Bucks last night. The time before they played Milwaukee, where they were shorthanded, um, they had to play Lamar Stevens at the starting power forward. He did really well against Giannis. He did really well, and I'm like, boy, that's that's a nice aspect to have in your starting lineup. Where you have a guy that can just you know a guy that wasn't even in the rotation can jump in and, and play that role. That's awesome. Um, Lamar would be my second choice as a starting small forward. I still. I'm still leaning towards Dean Wade. And last night was the first night we kind of got to see him uh, with that group. Uh, they got off to a nice start. Uh, he's a better three-point shooter than Lamar, which is why I like him there. Lamar's hitting 41% of his threes this year. But before this year, he was at 24.4%. So I'm not really buying that that 41% is going to stick around where I think Dean's kind of proved he's a more consistent shooter. He is a good defender. Uh, he's a little bit bigger at six foot nine. He gives your front line a lot of size. Kind of gives you that Laurie Markinen-esque uh, front line that you had last year. So uh, I think I would have Dean Wade as my starting small forward. I'd have Karras off the bench. But I think Lamar Stevens has proven he needs, he needs to have a spot in this rotation, especially defensively. Uh, if you're looking at the trade market, you're looking at somebody that can come in and help out. There's not the one guy, you know, like a Brandon Ingram that's, wow, if we could go get him, that's going to completely change it. Awesome. I, I don't think there's that guy right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, um, if you get that. It, <laughs> If you're looking at specialists that can kind of uh, play that role, you look at San Antonio, um, a Doug McDermott's going to come in and hit 40% of his threes. A Josh Richardson could come in, play small forward, uh, uh, guard multiple positions, hit threes. Uh, maybe guys like that, you know, that are on teams that are clearly tanking would help you. Terrence Ross for the Orlando Magic's another name. Um, but there's not like one guy out there that you could look at and say, well, he's a lot better than Karis LeVert. He's a lot better than... Lamar Stevens, he's a lot better than Dean Wade. Um, as of right now, there's there's not one person I think you could go out and chase. Again, you don't have a lot of trade assets to do that. Um, I'm not really interested in a Jay Crowder reunion. He's obviously available. Um, bad memories from the first time he was here. So not a, not a door I would go knocking on, but um, uh, certainly I think that's a position they'll be eyeing all the way up to the February trade deadline. Greg, I appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon, and uh, have a happy holidays. All right. Hey, go Buckeyes. All right. Yes, sir. Uh, Greg Schwartz of the Bleacher Report. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.